gentlemen, we are here. None of us are queer that I know of. And we're here to talk <laughs> about a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts, and that is Mr. Nathan Biley. He has, uh, I'm going to let Faras introduce you to today's episode a little bit and give a little bit of the background, and then maybe if we feel like it, we'll let Nathan talk. But I think we know the story better than him at this point, and it'll be way more entertaining if we say it. So we're going to see how few words we let him get in as we guess what he was feeling through this process. Ooh, the roast is on. <laughs> the is, roast dude. is on. Here, here we go, Frost. Keep well, it down over there. Oh, man, really? <laughs> I got to sit here and be quiet. Huh? Dude, this is my favorite topic. I talk about Nathan all the time. Behind my course, back, yeah. mind you, because... <laughs> James knows it. Always. Always. Now that's what they're doing when they're walking around that ring road around their work. So. Well, One work and a half too, miles of Nathan Biley. <laughs> so in today's uh, Nathan gossip, he uh, he's uh, been moving around companies. Now I'm like, now I'm starting to feel like Miley Cyrus. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm a star, and you guys are you guys are reporters putting this info out that's there. That's right, so. dude. We're the new we'll TMZ. Let's get back to it. <laughs> new TMZ. New TMZ. <laughs> I don't ever remember Miley Cyrus getting a say in that. I just want to be MTV. You know what I mean? Could you guys be MTV? That would be great. Music TV? Come on, man. I'll try on. to be MTV, but I don't know if you're cool enough. Aw. <laughs> Give me the mantlers and then I'll be cool enough. I'm going to be modern MTV. Uh, three reasons why uh, Nathan's whiteness is ruining this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> And that was awfully racist, dude. <laughs> Take it easy. So you get to being white. <laughs> and you asked me to be MTV. That's right, that's right. So, in my little uh, projection here, we got uh, Nathan starts off IGT. You know, he's semi-happy. He's content there. They got my little smiley face here. That's right. He's, uh, he's looking for a little more. He seeks more, so he finds this cute little startup company. Uh-huh. Wait, they found me. They oh, found me. oh, they found you. That's Nobody right. cares about the fans. And I was, in, I was in a very right vulnerable stage in my life, all right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They found me. They... So, anyway, continue. <laughs> I'll fact check you later, but continue. So they take, they take Nathan away from IGT, uh, and sad. they pretty much make him, uh, make him a slave. So he's over there, big sad. And he so. decides to run right back around to IGT. That's where right. He's now nice and happy again. That's right. I, it, well, the camera can tell. I got a smile <laughs> on my face. But yeah, that's right. those of you listening, just just listen to my voice. I'm, I'm, I'm grinning from ear to ear. And it's probably because I'm laughing at James. But that, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. He's grinning from ear to ear. From ear to ear. Sorry. Um, you forgot to mention how sad we were. When he got stolen away. Oh, we were the big sad when he we were, was stolen. Yeah, we were the big sad. Like, in the transition, when he was big happy about new new company, for us and I, the big sad. Yeah. Yeah. Lonely. Come Come draw a guy with a mustache and one with a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, That's got to keep the uh, sunburns from getting too bad, right? At least right around the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dude, it's killer in the heat. You don't want to be this fuzzy in this weather. Right, right, yeah, yeah. We have a good wax place just up the road, right in the parking lot with shields. I'm sure they'd love to go ham on you. <laughs> $1,000 later, he came out looking <laughs> like a baby. 
just <laughs> take a picture and he literally dings. <laughs> like the smiley commercial. Yeah. What you don't know is his girlfriend broke up with him because she thought she was dating somebody 10 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Back to Nathan. So we were big sad. He was big sad afterwards. But in the transition, it was an exciting time. Right? I mean, uh, how did this guy get a hold of you? Um, via LinkedIn. He, he slid right into my DMs. Um, <laughs> it was a little something like Tinder, you know what I mean? He swiped right, and he was just like, hey. And then you swipe right. I, you're right. You know, you're that's right. the thing. After a few conversations, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your, uh, what was the appeal? Why do you, why do you um, So a lot of the appeal was really just the, you know, the promise of fame and glory, you know what I mean? And that's, that's how you get on MTV, so that's what I was shooting for. I really wanted to be, you know, one of the big stars. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, a lot of it was just like, hey, look, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. We're growing quickly. Um, so you can be, you know, you can have your own TV show and then next thing you know, you can be a big rock star. Yeah. So, that's yeah. a, that's a cool thing about startups. Like you never know what's going to be the new Tesla, the new Microsoft. So yeah, no, exactly. And that's, that's a good point because, uh, that's, that's one of the points that I actually wanted to make is that so much of it is you see like, um, in the news, like, you know, some company going you know, huge or whatever it is, the next big IPO. And so, um, and you really don't know how much that really doesn't happen. Like it's a very few companies. And so, but because it's like mainstream media, you really think that it's every day. It's like those Dodge, those Dogecoin, you know, millionaires. It's like, they're going to select a few and they're going to talk about them, but Uh the majority is not going to get there. You know what I mean? Or those meme stocks, Mm -hmm. same guys, you know, in a lot of ways. So, um, but yeah, you know, that was the appeal. Um, so, you know, and, and also like my internal thought process was like, look, man, you're young, 27. So that's not that young, but, uh, it's not that old. <clears throat> it's not that old. So, um, you know, that was part of the appeal. Like in my, in my mind, I was like, look, like you're young enough that if you make a mistake, you know, you can go find something else rather easily or maybe. And also the labor market's great right now for, right. for people willing to work. Yeah. Um, so you could have gone to work construction anywhere, man. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm really good with a pick and uh, and shovel. So uh, do you hold you signs know. well? Yeah, I could do that, and and I can spin them too. Uh, they don't let you spin them. It's <laughs> Come on, answer. man. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go work for pizza. Okay. A pizza joint. Yeah. Pizza All right. barn. All right. Pizza barn. <laughs> pizza barn. Pizza barn needs no. a sign spinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. Big old pizza barn. Um, but uh, so that was really the appeal. Um, and you know, obviously, when I got there. You know, there was uh, a lot of sort of red flags rather quickly, right? And okay. and one of them is just that it seemed like there was a, a little bit of hostility going on within the company as far as between, like, the finance manager and the CEO. And I just um, thought it was kind of funny how, like, in talking to you at first, it was like, oh, I got to go get my computer. And so you go pick up your computer, and you're like, I had to use the previous employee's password to get into this computer. Right. Like that to me was like, there's a system missing here. <laughs> That's right. So all of her bank accounts and everything I've used, by the way, that's how I bought, you know, well, not you guys. Unfortunately, I didn't buy you Starbucks, but bought other people Starbucks, okay? Wow. All, all right. right. Wow. I'm, I'm just kidding for everybody out there listening. I did not steal any information, but the fact of the matter is, is like... There was huge, information to be stolen. <laughs> the, you know, there was information out, out there, you know what I mean? And obviously, I didn't see like anybody's real personal details or anything like that, but... Right. <clears throat> you know, just sort of that from an ass, uh, you know, uh, a security breach or whatever it is. I mean, maybe she had information out there I wouldn't have known, right? I didn't dig enough into it, but right. Um, and that, and so, 
you know, yeah, that was that was funny. It was it was more of like you can tell it was very like small scale. This is a small company, like you know. And I remember sitting there, and you know, I tried like tons, like probably ten times, maybe even more, to try to get into this computer based off of the the uh, passwords they were sending me to try and get in. Like they had wrote the password onto the computer on a sticky note, uh-huh. and they gave it to me. Didn't work. <laughs> so I was sitting there getting my fingers nice and tired, just typing in like different variations after telling them, hey, it doesn't work. So, um, but, uh, you know, yeah, finally got in, whatever. Um, and, you know, actually a really funny deal was is that, you know, um, later on as I started to join meetings or whatever, you know, most stuff was done on like Google Docs, everything, not just Google Docs, but, you know, Google's products. Right. So, you know, calendar, you know, chat, whatever it was. Yeah. And so uh, we would have a few different meetings with, um, you know, like Facebook or Apple because of their advertising, like, for example, Ad Store or the App Store, where we had the Facebook, um, you know, ads manager. Um, and so these calls were typically done through, like, either, um, like, a you know, WebEx or whatever it was. But every time I joined, went on to these meetings, I would join as the gal that previously had my laptop. So people would be like, oh, you know, so-and-so. And they'd be like, whoa, what the heck? She's back. You know what I mean? It's like, it like the ghost was just hanging out there to haunt them. And they'd be like, oh, you know, this is Nathan, our new employee. And, uh, you know, he's... Uh, I don't know why he's still set up as, you know, so-and-so, but... Uh, he's still set up as Catherine. I was like, well, shoot, now i got to figure out how to change it. So, I, you know, one of them I was able to change, but the other one I, I couldn't worry about. It. I just couldn't, you know, I think it was somebody through Cisco, but... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so it was it was definitely a different, uh, you know, experience coming from, like, a corporation, a large corporation that's, like, huge IT department. Right. And they're just like, your computer's wiped. Like, today when I you know, finally got my computer after starting this work, you know what I mean? They wiped, you know, my computer completely. I had to start all over, got a new email address, blah, 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 right? Yep. So totally different. By the way, you know, totally different SAP username too. Really? Yeah, oh. very strange. So um, anyway, all of these things, but, you know, you can really see that, like, you know, these smaller companies, they just don't really have the resources. And a lot of my tech that I would, you know, if I had issues, would go to the finance manager. So he was wearing a bunch of hats too. You know, gotcha. he was also working in like user acquisition or whatever. Um, finance manager, IT. Yeah, I mean, he was everything, dude. I mean, he would—he was gonna sign me up. He was HR man. He's gonna sign me up for health insurance. So, um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I was probably included a band aid here and there, and then that was it. But wow. no, I'm kidding. But uh, um, so. What happened was is that, uh, you know, obviously recognizing sort of this internal sort of beef between, you know, the CEO and the finance manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you could see that that, that, that uh, relationship wasn't good. And then starting to pick up stories. And I was hearing things, you know, a big red flag is when you're talking to the CEO in a private meeting and he's telling you, hint, hint, like, hey, you know, um, you know, so-and-so isn't doing so great being my finance manager. Um, you know, we're, we're considering other options, whether that means we move him into another role or we let him go, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then I would hear this from my direct manager um, and two. So, um, 
you know, the finance manager and my manager, and they're, you know, in the same meeting, and then they're talking about the CEO, you know what I mean? So uh, it's, gotcha. yeah. Um, but, um, you know, so there are some of those red flags, and one of those, another one of those red flags is that obviously, like, a ton of the employees were just, um, the longest, um, the oldest employee there, aside from the CEO, was five years. Um, and the rest, and there was one other guy that was there for three, and everybody else was basically new, and then anybody prior, of course, was let go, right? Um, right. So the oldest employee was five years old. Got it. Yep, he was five years old. Um, <laughs> so he had a binky in his mouth still. He was um, hard to understand him on hired, meetings. So well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Nate, still Dad Nathan, yep. Papa Nathan. Yeah, Papa Nathan. <laughs> um, and so a lot of it was that. Um, also is that sort of the expectation that was set, right? And, okay. and that's always huge. Like, you know, I think that like, if you're gonna be hired for something, it's really important to understand what's expected of you and what you'll be doing. And um, a lot of that was sort of, you know, unclear at the beginning. Like I had ideas that, you know, okay, I'll be wearing multiple hats or whatever. And then finally, when I started getting into the work, um, it was one, I didn't like it too, and, and that's not you know, you know the worst thing, right? Um, but also too is just you know the processes. It was very difficult um, because, like I was saying earlier, like a lot of it was using free sort of softwares like you know Google Sheets, right? All of our reporting was done in Google Sheets, and um, so it was frustrating because. Um, anybody can get in there, right, that has access to this, of course. Right. And then they would screw up what you had worked hard on to make it look nice. So one of my things was like, okay, well, Nathan, you know, you know, you proved yourself by implementing some sort of process and, you know, one of our reporting from India so that people can analyze it, pivoting it, and just making data more presentable, which is a very basic skill in Excel. Right. Um, and so, okay, here you go. Like, here's some more work for you. We want our pivot tables, uh, what they call pivot tables. I don't call pivot tables um, because, you know, to me, they don't seem like that. Um, they're very manual based. So it's like they have a sheet of data, and essentially you're building a manual table by extracting data from their database, but it's not like a download. Like, you're just going in and finding numbers and putting it in there, and that's fine, right? It's a report, report summary. Right. It takes a lot of time. It's uh, There's no problem there either. Um, but the, he, the CEO really wanted these pivot tables to look nice and to be, um, you know, standardized, of course, because we're talking with consultants or whatever it was. And, um, you know, one of the issues was to just sort of, you know, getting in there, working on it, and then having someone come along and screw it up. Yeah, it was over and over, and so then people are looking like, "Well, why is I screw it up?" And there's no one to hold accountability to. So I was saying, "Well, hey, look, I did this, but then it was this, and they did it, right?" right. There's not any sort of accountability, um, and um, obviously that's something that's you know doesn't just make you want to leave a job. It's but um, you know a lot of it was sort of the transition into um, you know my learning my role and um, and then sort of seeing that like for example you know I was supposed to handle X amount of games and then uh, 
the gal that was training me on some of the UA stuff, user acquisition, to sort of go out, find customers, run different campaigns, analyze different campaigns, so on, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I had this experience where it was like, you know, I built an ad, she built an ad for a game. And then the CEO is asking like, hey, what's going on with the game, right? And then she's like, oh, well, that's Nathan's game now. It's like, wait a minute. No, it's not because in the next, we're you're giving me your games next week. Via my manager, right? That's She's what like, it was. And so Nathan, get under the bus. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Let me run you over. And, hey, there's your head. Let me hit you with the front tire. All right. And so down yet? Let's back up. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So it was one of those things where it was like, um, you know, uh, being thrown under the bus for a game that I wasn't responsible for. And so I knew what was going on with my ads. I didn't know what she was going on with her ads on that game, right? So it was like one of those things, you know, you have this learning curve where you start to you start to sort of develop into your role and learn what kind of information you're looking for all the time, right? And this right. is like two weeks into, into not even two weeks, into learning UA. Because the first week they spent, they when they should have been training me on UA, because that's what they hired me for, I was spent being babysat by, you know, one of the other people that did more of the copy side of things and the creative side of things. And so, and that's where I kind of stumbled across that process where it was like, hey, look, India is sending us this report and it's like not, you know, really analyzable. And so that's why, you know, I just applied some simple you know, Excel things, and of course that was great, right? Turned Wild out great. the crowd. Wild the crowd, you know, and that's that's what's that's what's amazing, you know. If you if you if you're teaching, if I'm teaching Excel skills, um, <laughs> you know, you know that that a lot of people I'm working with don't know Excel too well, and that's fine. But anyway, so it was. It, I noticed that there was this sort of, um, you know, almost, uh, you know, like I got to protect myself. From the wrath of CEO big boy, you yeah. know, so that at all costs, and that's how it was. Like everybody was kind of protecting themselves, so it was like he he did it, he did it, he did it. No, no, no. And of course, like there's nobody better to to say, hey, look, like uh, it's the new guy's fault. The new, new guy, right? Like you know what I mean? Like you, you know. But anyway, so it was it was interesting, um, and uh, so you know, of course, I didn't take too kindly to it because I was like, well, look. First of all, you wanted me to pull information to update the pivots, analyze the tables, reorganize the tables, make them standardized, and yet the trainer is also the, the finance manager and so on, et cetera, blah, 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 whatever hat you want to tell him to wear. And he's just now showing me where all the information comes from, like the day before the data needs to be there. So. You know, yeah. and and obviously there's a lot of opportunity in that, right? There's, you know, and anybody would have said, you know, hey, like some people maybe would have said, hey, well, this is this is fantastic. Like there's a lot of opportunity. We can standardize processes. We can so on, etc. And that's what they needed. And so there was a lot of like low hanging fruit that you could say, hey, look, like, you know, here's a great opportunity. And you know, I really started out doing that, and then I just realized, you know, the work that I was doing was just something that I didn't see really fitting into my progression as a as a professional and in, in, in my lifespan so 
Um, you know, it, it really, there was a lot of little things, not, you know, huge, but that's kind of like what drove me and pushed me, you know, back into looking at different opportunities. Um, so incidentally, I mean, of course, you know, you know, we've all, if any of you guys follow us for a lot of our podcasts, you know, our network, uh, like these two goofy guys I'm sitting next to, um, <laughs> Ooh, me? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. No, hey, supposed to break into song. Hey, with the, you with the face. <laughs> yeah, you. No, uh, you know these guys. Uh, uh, you know, are so valuable, and of course, we talk about networks and and people in our lives. So, and and how important it is to build relationships. Um, you know, it was really just by chance because I was considering other opportunities. Of course. You know, IGT, going back to IGT was one of them. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, reached out to my old director from my, my original department that I was hired in. So, um, and uh, just sort of said, hey, can I use it as a reference? And, uh, you know, of course, you know, um, I had chatted with him throughout my, you know, career or whatever. So he kind of knew what was going on. And then he's like, hey, well, is your new gig not working out? And I said, well, not as well as you would think. Um, I didn't quite say that, but uh, um, I told him that, yes, you know, I'm I'm considering some other options. He's like, well, hey, I got a job for you. So, um, you know, of course I applied um, and, you know, they sent me an an offer letter and and, uh, said that you're going to be James' boss and uh, (laughs) Frost is going to be the new janitor. Yeah, Frost is boss all the time. (laughs) <laughs> and this all happened so like super quick right yeah yeah, yeah. i remember uh like how like, you were in the job or whatever and like um me and james are chatting he's like guess who's coming back i'm like what who yeah who left <laughs> but, oh it's just nathan uh, it's just <laughs> nathan uh, come on but we knew he was no, coming No, I was back. like, I was genuinely surprised. Like, what is this? like, it hasn't been two weeks. <laughs> what happened? It was actually a month and two weeks. <laughs> One month, two weeks. But in his two weeks, notice they didn't yeah. want him. <laughs> That's right. They kicked me out the door. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, what I mean by that is that uh, not not quite actually, but uh, you know, obviously putting in my two weeks, um, mm-hmm. and it was just like, well, and I I told him I was like, you know, to be fair, give you my two weeks. Um, but, um, you know, I don't see the benefit, the value in it because, like, I'm new enough that somebody's going to have to still babysit me through the processes. And uh, and so, you know, they agreed. And they were like, well, you want today or which was a Tuesday or Thursday to be your last day. And I was like, today. Today. I was, I, I was looking to get out the door fast as they wanted to kick me. So, um, you know, uh, I think that's uh, the best way to go. But, yeah. I think that looking at it from our organizational perspective, um, you know, one, it really, um, I think, it adds a, it sheds a lot of light on the fact that, of course, you know, they're they're a young company, and and of course they're growing rapidly, and so with that comes a lot of burden on your existing employees, and I, I witnessed that through the finance manager, um, you know, and and I knew he wasn't a lazy guy, like he was extremely extremely busy, but just but the out like very outworked um, in a lot of ways and um, some of the other things that kind of I can kind of add to that to sort of you know add evidence is that um, they used to have a an artist right that, that did a lot of their um, 
um, they're creative. And then, and so this guy, when they're back in the office, you know, started to get a little bit of heat from the CEO, similarly to, to what I saw happen to the finance manager. And to a point where, like, the CEOs just, like, throw me pens across the room at him. Wow. <laughs> and this guy goes on to go to aristocrat and is a freaking director now. Wow. Like, he was, you know, he was a sharp tack, uh-huh. you know. It just, so it's, I think that it's, the lesson here is that, you know, as an organization, you know, one overworking talent to the bare bones without some sort of, you know, I mean, you know, you got to hire you gotta hire at some point, yeah. and that's that's where they were doing. They were trying to hire, um, but um, also just uh, you know, uh, you know, appreciating those you work with a little bit, mm-hmm. and and so I think that was that was huge. Yeah, that's a good one. I uh, like the environment for like startup companies is so different. It's crazy. Like yeah. uh, working like directly with the CEO, wild. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was not an engineer the entire time. Like I would, uh, they would just have us do production one day. Like, hey, big order came in. Everybody, everybody on the welders. Like, <laughs> okay. Gloves no, on, like, sleeves up. Let's go. It's weird now. Like as an engineer, I had to actually use my own devices <laughs> and realize, wow, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I should like, re- I should redesign this. Like, I, yeah, I made like a tester. I'm like, okay, well, can you test these units? Oh, I guess so. Oh, wow, this kind of sucks. <laughs> what a slow process. <laughs> right. It made sense in my head. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's wild, because, like, the, when we all got on the production floor, even the CEO was there. Yeah. And yeah. he was working, and, like, everybody just had, like, multiple hat up, hats on. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a cool environment, but um, so I, it's, like, I don't know. I do, like, uh, corporate also, but... yeah. Sometimes it's a little too slow. Right, yeah. And I think that was, like, one of the biggest appeals, too, is the fact that, like, okay, this this guy, the CEO, and this is not to bash on him whatsoever. I mean, but the guy way. the guy had, you know, he, this is not his first company or whatever else. I mean, definitely a smart guy. Just, you know, um, and, you know, and that was the thing. That was a big appeal is that, you know, wanting to be close to somebody that had done what he had done multiple times right um and and obviously like for him like he designed this company he created this company and then he ended up you know selling it to a corporation but he was running it he was getting to run his company but not having to fully be responsible for you know the liability right aspect of it right and so like you know not a dumb guy definitely a smart guy and uh you know like i said he had done this multiple times so um that was really a big appeal for me um and like i said i mean this is the first time i've been in a startup environment so i didn't know what to expect Mm -hmm. but i I think that you know obviously it's not all cheesecake and ice cream when you walk in you know what i mean like what we hear from google or whatever it is when they maybe they weren't like that when they're a startup it's going to be hardcore you're going to have to drive and that's the point but uh and that so that was what I was looking for, obviously. Right. Um, so, um, but I definitely realized that I think that um, for me, I think I like the corporate structure yeah. a little bit better. Yeah. Unless it's my own company, right? So, 
And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. It's all proprietary right We're now. all going to be millionaires in this room, in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Billionaires. Yeah. So, it really depends, and I feel like that, you know, maybe the CEO just wasn't thinking about it, you know, yeah. but that company culture is so important for expansion. Um, scalability is really heavily reliant on the culture you create with your employees. Yeah. And so I got to work in a company where that was such a priority for them. Like they were constantly trying to, you know, entertain the employees to an extent, just like keep them focused on the mission of the project, right? And so that was a lot of fun. Um, the, the only startup I've ever worked with was, you know, the Hyperloop startup. And then they ended up getting um, partnered or kind of bought out by Virgin Airlines, right? And so, um, wow. Mr. Branson, so it's a uh, it's Virgin Hyperloop One now. Yeah. Um, Why didn't you take its virginity? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have one. Oh. It's, it's a born again version. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Born again. Yeah, they went back to church and now they're virgins. Oh, nice. Um, they said JK every time. <laughs> I'm still a virgin in that regard. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> JK. All right. <laughs> but they, I mean, they had a open door policy. We'd have you know company meetings where they'd bring everyone together in the same room, and you'd have the CEO, the CFO, and the COO all just standing there, just giving their presentations. And then during lunch, you might be standing next to the CEO. Yeah. Right. And so. That was a very extreme startup situation where they got a ton of funding. Their their idea behind what they had started was so appealing that you know they had money flowing, and so it was it was a lot different than some of the smaller startups that are fighting tooth and nail just to stay alive. Yeah, you know, so I'm very fortunate to have been involved in that. But if I was to start a company myself and I was to be a CEO, one of my priorities would be the environment in which we work. Right. Right. Um, and maybe that would be my downfall too, because I, I have a tendency to lean towards, you know, people and like working in a environment where everyone feels included, mm -hmm. to where it almost might slow down progress. Right. Yeah. But this guy sounds like he's a, a battling ram or a batter battering ram for yeah. the company and keeps it moving forward at a velocity that's acceptable yeah. to him. Yeah. Right. And so there's got to be a happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah. Bring out the bullwhip. Bring that's out right. the bullwhip. And, and that's really what it was. It was uh, a lot of, you know, I mean, obviously, like, intensity is good, um, you know, but it was almost like, uh, don't don't mess up. Don't try something that you're not 100% positive about because if you screw up, you're fucked. Right. This guy, and that's this how it was. And it was it was very micromanagey. Um, you know, I didn't feel like creativity was necessarily inspired. Um, and, you know, because you, you got to try things. You have to try things. And I understand, like, look, you can't just try things that... you got to try things within a certain limit. Right. Right. Like you risk gotta, management. Yeah, risk management. Um, but, you know, to totally sort of choke the creativity out of anyone is is uh, is not really the environment I want to work in. So back to your point where environment's super important. 
um, you know, obviously, you know, the culture and the environment here was, was not something that I necessarily wanted to be a part of. Um, and I also struggled a little bit with the, uh, um, you know, the idea of, of really encouraging people to want to, uh, you know, spend money or in something that may, may not be um, the best for them, right? They get to decide that. The customer yeah. gets to decide, you know, what they spend their money on and what they spend their money on as far as entertainment, so on, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a little bit of background here, because many of you are probably like, well, what do they do? Um, well, it wasn't drug trafficking, <laughs> but... Good. Uh, <laughs> so fits within my boundaries now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it was, you know, and there's, you know, I work for the casino industry, whatever else, but, you know, I'm not directly related to the sale of a product or encouraging people to necessarily use these products, right? Um, And in particular, I mean, at least when you're really gambling, you know, you have the opportunity to exchange, you know, money for money, right? Right. And hopefully in a larger quantity. Right. And in this case, it's, it's more of like an app. That is designed to keep by the request of a casino to keep their players engaged in slots, which no money out, right? And it's just you know end game coin, whatever it was, um, and so um, you know for me it's just like man, grandma, why are you spend a hundred thousand dollars on end game coins when your grandson probably might need something? I don't know me. You know, like send yeah. that send that money to me. You know, what I mean, you're gonna be one of those. I'm just kidding. Invest. I'll get rich one day out of this money. This game gives you nothing. Right, that's what it is. Um, but uh, so you know, a little bit of an ethical question there. Um, you know, not obviously not the hugest uh, factor, obviously, because you know they're they're making that conscious decision, even though these slots are just as addictive as any other, mm-hmm. you know, slot out there. Right. Um, but, you know, it's not my decision to, or my, you know, authority to tell them how to use their money. But just, just a really big culture mismatch is what it was. Um, and so um, just because of the way that I saw the other employees interacting with each other and really quick to, to point fingers, it just was very hostile. And so right. it was like, you know, um, you know, not that, you know, it was necessarily in direct line to me it was just a red flag yeah so um you know so that's that's really what i came to i was just like hey look i gotta find something else because this isn't working out and i came into it thinking that hey if there's a problem i don't like it yep. you know i want to write this off and move somewhere else yeah so well, at least you uh, you identified like the red flags pretty quickly yeah and then uh, it helped you experience a little more but uh Right. I think the most important thing to come out of this is like, uh, like the way you transitioned right back into IPT, because you had all those networks like ready, and you were still like um, talking with uh, one of your former coworkers. That's right. Like, so like besides the, you two, besides yeah. you two, uh-huh. yeah, oh, we, have, we have no, we have yeah, no. Yeah, I could not have yeah. gotten you back in, buddy. <laughs> Darn it! No, I would try. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was really I was in the works of accounting or. You know, um, you know, going back to the Lean Six Sigma, and uh, I think I made the right choice, right? So I'm, I'm happy right now. So that's good. And uh, anyway, it's good to know that Frost and James are are upstairs, and uh, 
And uh, so if we need a big hug, big group hug, you know, <laughs> hard day, you know, bring it in. Tonight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I think we so, got all that uh, juicy gossip out. So uh, this has been TMZ. This has been TMZ. MTV. <laughs> MTV. Watch us rap next time. Follow us on Twitter. We're going to be live on Facebook. Give us give us a shout out. And check DJ us out on YouTube. Mac Daddy James will hey. be frontlining for us. <laughs> there are very few decent white rappers, and I don't think any of us are going to make this cut. Dude, come on, man. What about your Christmas rap? Sheesh. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Crap. Stay tuned for next Christmas. Stay tuned for next Christmas. <laughs> Christmas in July. Dropping hot, <laughs> dropping hot beats at Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goodbye.